T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to play the game. It may be the nighttime, but the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Live in the Kia Studios with you on this Tuesday evening. I am not by myself again, though. I am joined by, listen, a guy that, believe it or not, when I was a Ute, when I was when I was a teenager in a Ute, I would watch on WJW-TV, the local CBS affiliate, as he led me into Big Chuck and Houlihan, and it eventually would become Big Chuck and Little John. I would I would get my fill of the Wooly Bear Festival first, and then the sportscaster for WJW. Vince Cellini is joining me here in studio this evening. John, how about that? A couple of Ohio guys sitting yeah. in here in the deep south. Yeah. How about that? I mean, listen, Who knew? you talk about a couple of goombas right about now <laughs> taking over. Listen, we're here for the full four. We're asking you to download the Odyssey app. We know you're not in the car as much. You want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. Vince, you take your you take your phone, you take your tablet, you take your Alexa speakers, you can take your Coleco, your Swatch Watch, your Nikon camera, whatever your device is, you just download <laughs> what, what, what it on something. I, what am I, a time machine at this point? Is uh, listen, it, I, I don't whatever, whatever kind of whatever kind of whatever device, device you have, what apparatus you can Texas make Instruments it work. calculator, whatever you have right, that's available well, to you. So good, that's convenient. Social media, you can find us at nine two nine the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Best way to be a part of the show, follow us on our personal Twitter pages. I am at JMCH three. One six. He is at Vince underscore Cellini. And look at this. Look who's producing. Yes, believe it or not, Dylon is back at underscore Dylan Matthews. Dylon. Dylon. We have to let his whole kind of intro play. this plays out? Yeah, he thinks he's big time now and all that kind of stuff. Well, he was nice enough to come down and get me as I entered the building. Now, I've never been here. Okay, so it's kind of rush hour traffic. I cannot make this left into an underground parking. And people are ready. I mean, they're ready to come after me in right. traffic. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, and he's hearing horns. 
People are swearing at me. They're dropping F-bombs at me. I'm trying to just battle my way through to get here. But Dylan was good enough to get me. Come downstairs and make sure I uh, I made it okay. Had to make sure our guy was good, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate Had to. that. Appreciate you know, that. The crazy thing is, like, so we celebrate. Well, I live our- up north. I live up north in Mayretta. Right. Yeah, I don't, no, we, don't, we don't come down here to downtown. Right. Yeah, you're out, you're out in the sticks. Yeah, I, know, I, know, I know where you live. You're out in the sticks. <laughs> I know you know where I yes. live. Been so, to my home. We we celebrated our 10-year anniversary. We had our party on Saturday at New Realm Brewing Company. And first, let me say, thank you greatly to everybody that, that came out. here. Now, first off, let me say, this is the funniest thing about doing radio. Because, like, I always love when people come out because they'll tell you, like, what they love about the show. And they say, the two things, Vince, the two things that people always come up and tell me. They love What's Bug and Chuckery, which, again, <laughs> as I described to you, Imagine your brother Nick at about the year 2000, 2001, stuck in traffic late for a meeting. That's what's bugging Chuckery, okay? That's that's pretty much yes. what is that, DEFCON yeah. 2 or 1? Except I don't have the drugs or anything to keep me in check or anything like that. So, again. Actually, you could take anyone in our house that grew up in our home. There you go. And in traffic, and that would be yes. that would be so it. Because Nick always says, I'm quietly a little more insane than he is well you're a tv guy so you probably had to learn to kind of keep because tv's not as opinionated as what we're going to do here okay uh, right? yeah, I mean, that's yeah. fair assessment no, right? no no question yeah so i mean this is and nick has more embraced that oh absolutely so i have to keep it yeah. hidden yeah i mean that's he's it. as smooth as a brillo pad i mean so smooth <laughs> as a razor blade sandwich but anyway so the two things that people always come up to me that they tell me that they love they love what's bug and chuckery and they love the fact that i talk wrestling they, they love my wrestling talk. So we do a lot, you know, like I've had all kinds of, you know, whether it's Arne Anderson or Jim Ross or we have, we've had all kinds of people on the show before and stuff like that. So it's always funny what people gravitate to when they tell you that they're big listeners. Nick and I talk about Arne Anderson, maybe the greatest guy to work with any other wrestler prior to getting hurt. He's the most underrated promo in wrestling no, history. No, no question. I mean, his ring mic skills were just – his. Him getting on the microphone with the whole, like that's that's it you know Flair was over the top and did right, his thing. Right. I was always ready for Arn and Tully to get on the microphone, and that was that was the guys. Like, yeah. I, I wanted to see those guys. He he was he could make any bum look good. Oh, absolutely. Yes, brilliant performance. Carry him so, around. We thank you so much. First off, let me let me say again, we thank you greatly for everybody who came out on Saturday to be a part of our ten year anniversary. Today is the twenty fifth. Yeah, am I right, Dylan? Yesterday was the actual anniversary of the launch of the station, right? I think it's October 24th. I believe that is correct. Yes, yes. October 24th was our first day on air. My first day on air was November 5th, so I missed it by about a week and a half. But I was actually in the building before the first time I did a show. I was actually, believe it or not, I was downstairs answering phone calls for Jamie Dukes and Jerome Jurenovich. That's the first thing I did for the station was downstairs answering the phone when people called in for, for Jerome and Jamie. And you know Jerome. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Jerome did headline when I was at CNN Sports. Right. So, and then, of course, later the Hawks. Absolutely. Sports. So he was doing all of that. That was our first midday show. I was answering some phone calls and stuff to just get my feet wet. So we thank you greatly for being a part uh, of the event on you Saturday. You know, congratulations on that. Congratulations. Yeah, it's uh, hard to believe. Is, yeah, it, it, it's not easy. No. Man. And you guys have made that steady climb and built that, you know, that audience and following. That's awesome. You know, the best thing right now, Vince, this is the most harmonious lineup that we've had at the station, meaning that all the shows like each other. Well, what what, what, what took place before? 
Uh, before we, every before it was harmonious. We will. We could talk about that off air. Like we had. <laughs> we there, had a there lot. Any, of, was there physicality? Well, we have had that. <laughs> we have had physicality. Now that was a lot of the weekend shows that had physicality. Okay. That that we had that. The weekday shows. That was. There was times when it was very contentious between shows. Egos, you know. So it was just icy. You would say more icy than actually people, you know, putting hands on people. uh, It it was close. Okay. Yeah, it was close with some of the full-time shows. What about John Chuckery? Was there anyone that... uh, Well, thankfully, so I've only been full-time since 2019, I believe. So I got along with everybody. Like, when I first started off, the first person I worked with on a regular basis was Sam Mitchell. So another friend Love of Sam. ours. Love Sam. The best. And the, the, the biggest, the only problem we had with Sam, you had these young producers that at times did not know how to turn off the microphones going into commercial break. You know how Sam speaks <laughs> when he's off air. <laughs> he does. And there were several F-bombs that got slipped <laughs> through the airwaves with Sam. Now, fortunately, we were late at night on a Saturday or Sunday but there were quite a few F-bombs that got dropped. Honestly, Sam, if I hope Sam's listening. Honestly, one of the most talented people I've worked with. One of the most honest people I've ever worked with. I've lear- I learned. Did it all. I learned so much from Coaching, Sam. Coaching, broadcasting, yes. player. Yes. And uh, he's just he's international got- man living in, uh, in Toronto. So he would call oh, me Paisan. He, he, he would just go, hey, Paisan. Is he, he living up there? No, he, when he coached. Okay, okay, I was going to say. Because no. I know, you know, he still does TSN stuff for them yes. up there and stuff like that. Yes. But I believe, I hate to put his business on Front Street, but I think he's still over in Vinings is where he lives. I, I'm not going to give out any uh, Well, again, areas, you're not so. going to drive around looking for him. I mean, well, I'm, like I'm just saying. I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> not, not like people are going to be on the streets of, excuse me, is Sam Mitchell here? You're like knocking on just random doors and Vinings and such. But, again, it was a great event on Saturday. We thank you so much. All right. Couple things uh, here at the very start. Um, let's start. NBA guy Hawks tomorrow night against the Pistons. Look, two and one to start off the home. Not bad, but not great. The problem I had with the Charlotte game the other night, Vince, was that looked a lot like last year. Mm-hmm. That looked no defense. And I'm watching the head coach again, standing in front of the media, talking about defense and effort and stuff. And it's like, okay, all these flashbacks to last year started creeping in my head. Well. Look, I, it's it's so early. I don't know if we can actually get a, a grasp on on all of it, but I understand what you're saying. But this is going to be what the start of a five game trip, right? Yeah. And these are times when you really do find out early in the season about yourself, how you'll perform, because you're going to be taking it on the road, and you know they'll they'll have a good test. They start with what? Back Detroit's back to back, right? This is weird. It, Wednesday and Friday in Detroit. Yeah, that's a good three dayer in Detroit, man. I, if you got your Uzi, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, if you, you know, it, I mean, look, you need RoboCop, sure. I so, mean, so what are you saying? What what do you want to see from the Hawks that we you're not seeing right now? So well, you have your stars, okay? You have your you have your Trey, you have your Collins, and then well, Dejounte Murray's been outstanding for right, them, tremendous. The the thing the thing is, I want the defensive intensity to keep up. You have Hunter, who's a defensive minded guy. Dejounte Murray's a, ve- a very defensive minded guy. Last year, my big problem was listening to my head coach and players like what seemed like every night coming up to the podium and saying, well, you know, our defense and we didn't have a great defensive effort. I don't want to hear that this year. They were a bad defensive team last year. Look, you went and got Murray. You expect DeAndre Hunter to be healthy and playing regularly this year. That defense has to be one of those things that's there every night for the Hawks. Yeah, they can score and their offenses can be very prolific. Right. 
But when Collins and Hunter and some of those guys get into a funk, I need their defense to step up. And and we saw that opening night against Houston. Murray's out there stealing the ball. Even um, who's the kid, uh, Dylan? Um, uh, the, uh, the the Holiday, Aaron Holiday, coming off the bench. He had three steals coming off the bench. I just I need that defensive intensity. I get that you're not going to have it every single night. But with all due respect, Charlotte had like half their roster out the other night. That's one of those things, though, that that, that does happen in the NBA. But I, I, I hear what you're saying. And the one thing about defense is that what, what's the saying in the NBA? Defense travels. Yes. So you you should always be able to rely on that night after night after night because they do have guys who can score. They have prolific scores. But I'm with you. I understand what you're saying. And I think defensively you're going to have to uh, tighten the screws a little bit here. And, and, and frankly, this is a good opportunity. I think it's great. To, uh, to take a trip this early in the season uh, yeah. to figure out who you are. Well, I will say this. Last year, they also had to take a West Coast trip, mm-hmm. which they're not doing this year. But last year, that West Coast trip tripped them up very early in the season when they had to go out to Denver and Utah. And I think it was was it like Sacramento and Phoenix. And just that was one of their first West Coast trips. And they were out there for like 10 days. And it just – they did not play well. They got off to a rough start. I don't mind them playing Detroit and teams like that. So – We'll have all the action coming up here tomorrow night on uh, the home of the Hawks, 92-9 the game. We will also, we will be on after, I will be on after the Hawks game. So I'll be on till midnight coming up tomorrow night, so we'll get your post game. But Hawks and Pistons tomorrow night, then Hawks and Pistons again coming up on Friday. Uh, a couple of other quick things. We're going to get into the Atlanta Falcons coming up next. But look, Vince, I don't care if they threw it five times or 50 times against the Bengals. They were depleted. The Bengals had it rocking and rolling. They weren't going to do anything to beat the Bengals on Sunday. Well, the fact of the matter is they have serious secondary problems now with their injuries yep. at corner. If you can't cover people and you have Joe Burrow and Chase, and then you're now now you're in some serious trouble. However, it shouldn't have been that easy, I think, for Joe Burrow to just carve them up in the first half the way they did. And what, but this is a, this is an overall problem because mm-hmm. we talked about can't throw, can't stop the pass. Yeah. The two things that you have to do. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how's no, the party? But the two things you must do in the NFL are not happening right, right now. And it's frightening. Right. It's, I, it's, it's a bad situation. I don't know if it's going to get better. All right. I have one request before we go to commercial break. The World Series starts on Friday. Finally. Yeah. Um, the Astros and Phillies. Can I get one game with the throwback uniforms from the 1980 NLCS? Can I have... The powder blue of the Phillies right. and the multi-striped of the Astros. The J.R. Richard, I want the J.R. Richard, yeah. Nolan Ryan, Vern Rule, Beautiful. Joe Necro, uh, Craig Reynolds. I want, I want that. By the way, you know who played second base for the Astros in that 1980 NLCS Hall of Famer? Oh, geez, Joe Morgan was the second <laughs> baseman for the Astros. Joe Morgan, yes. Remember, he came over. He played for the Giants and he played for the Astros. Then he went to the Wheeze Kids Phillies in '83, their World Series team. <laughs> That's what they were called. And they were the Wiz Kids of the yeah. 1950s. They were the Wheeze Kids. They had Perez, Morgan, and Rose was on that '83 World with John Denny. <sighs> Another what could have been for the Indians, but anyway, don't start. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right. When we get back, Billy Joel said it best in regards to what Arthur Smith thinks about his quarterback Marcus Mariota. We'll break all of that down next. John Chuckery, Vince Cellini, we're hanging out with you in the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 92 on the game and the Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Back to more John Chuckery. He's in the zone. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you on the John Chuckery Show. Live in the Kia Studios here on this Tuesday evening. Vince Cellini. How about that? Hanging out with me. At uh, Vince underscore Cellini. Vince, what are you doing these days, by the way? Okay. What, what do you got going on? Okay, so I uh, host a regular program called PGA Tour Champions Learning okay. Center on Golf Channel. It's, a, it's an instructional show, a feature show. I do that. was doing plenty of work locally here with uh, CBS 46, which yes. I'm not sure what their name is anymore. Yeah, but it changes every week. Uh, yeah, not doing that. Uh, I do uh, a little bit of uh, – I work with a company that does golf course narration and features for clubs around the country – do some of that. I nice. do a little acting, John. Really? Yes. Well, you're I, in the right town. I I've mean. been in, yeah. And there's all kinds of productions here. I work with Houghton Talent, and I read for uh, several parts, and I was able to be in. I was in my third movie more recently called Black Spartans, which was about wow. the Michigan State football team yeah. and the integration of the team in the 1960s. You know, they literally filmed part of the Avengers, literally. Like right there, yeah, yeah. Like part of the Avengers was filmed right there. So I have that. I got a little speaking part in that, and I have a couple movies. I'm in some commercial work and things like that. So you know, at, at this advanced age here, you know, there's only so much I can do well, in one day. You know, so I have to. I told you this earlier. The first time, and then I my was, daughter came and picked me up and took me back home. The, the first time <laughs> I was watching you on TV, like you're the Silver Fox now. You're Charlie Rich. I mean, you're you're Charlie Rich right now. When I watched you on TV, like you were jet black. I mean, like 10W30, like Jet Black, you know, like Johnny Goombob, you know, I mean. No, I had the whole, like, you know, paunch on chips haircut. Yep. We, yep. That was standard issue back yes. then, John. Yes. You have to understand. Yes. Okay, late 70s, early 80s. That was the parted in the middle, yep. feather back, yep. black hair, yep. and that's that's what we wore back then. Yes. That's how it's, I'll show you, yeah, I'll show you a picture. No, I, I remember vividly because yeah. I was like, man, if you can if you can get that kind of hair, you belong on TV. And then it was funny, it's funny because Nick didn't really turn gray. My older brother Jim didn't really turn gray. And so I was the only one that kind of went that way. My grandfather well, Nick's kind of lost. Yeah, right? Nick started shaving. Yeah, yeah. like he's kind of law. The, the hairline started going too far back. I've always been the the like black sheep of the family. I'm just different. I I, re- I don't know if there was a mix up at the hospital. I don't look like anyone. I've got the well, straight we, hair. They have the curly hair. Your brothers know. talk a lot about your dad. Were you your dad's favorite? No, you weren't. Jim was. Jim my, was my, okay. My okay. older brother Jim was. My now brother. Jim doesn't. Ha- Jim used to have a restaurant downtown Ackworth. Or does he still have it? Uh, he did have that. Yes, yes. he had. Uh, yeah, like a, a like a Italian, pizza place. Yes. A pizza place, yes. Italian food. Shocking. Great, great food. <laughs> great food. And he also had a restaurant in Athens, Georgia, many years ago that we used yes. to go down to. That's right. Uh, I do remember. I would work in summers that. as a mm-hmm. as a college student to come down mm-hmm. and help and hang out in the summer. So yeah, Jim was Jim was the my, the apple of my father's okay. eye. Okay. Okay. So yeah, all so. right. Well, we know Nick wasn't. We know that Nick wasn't. Well, I think, but Nick was the baby, so Nick got away with a lot of things too. My mother gave him a lot of love and a lot of 
donuts. Yeah, a lot goods. of lasagna. A lot of baked goods. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she 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 felt love in the form of food was was good for Nick. And then next thing you know, comfort. Yes, and he would he took uh, great comfort in the comfort. Yeah, oh, lordy. Twenty minutes up from right now, we're going to talk to Heather Dinich from ESPN. We'll talk some college football weather. It is, of course, Georgia and Florida week. We will also talk to Chip Towers coming up at eight twenty. Our guy from the AJC covering all things Georgia Bulldogs. As uh, we'll hear from him in uh, just a little bit, but. All right, Vince. Um, Sunday, look, it, it was what it was for the Falcons. You know, they were at, at once AJ Terrell went down, and you're playing. Look, I felt bad. I, I felt really bad for Cornell Armstrong. I said on Sunday, Cornell Armstrong, who had to come in and had just come off the practice squad and had to line up against Jamar Chase. I haven't seen that big of a mismatch for the Falcons since Charles Dimry had to cover Jerry Rice in the early 90s. <laughs> a Charles Dimry reference. No, Man. that's tough. And and I think if you come off the practice, look, there, and the thing is there's really no way that he's ever really going to know what that's like right. until it's live until bullets. It lines up and, 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 and you better go out and, there and figure it out. And you see it. And, and, and really when you lose like three guys in the secondary like that, it's just almost impossible to cover for it. And Joe Burrow – Made it work. I mean, he threw for 481, mm-hmm. second most ever against the Falcons. Yes, and I believe that he had, I was trying to remember, his first half total is one of the, like, five Ridiculous. highest in the NFL in the last 25, 30 years. I mean, so, it's just. So moving forward, though, it's not it's it's not going to get that much better. No, no. Now, it will be better because you're playing against a young quarterback this week for Carolina. Yes. I mean, look, Carolina's a bad – believe it or not, the Falcons are a six-and-a-half-point favorite going into this game. So they are the favorite. It is a bad Carolina team. We'll see whether or not Brian Burns gets traded this week. A lot of talk about their best defensive player may be gone. They already traded McCaffrey. They've already fired their coach. P.J. Walker was an undrafted kid out of Temple who played – in Vince McMahon's XFL a couple of years ago, and that's where they brought him in from was the XFL. But he was – He had he, a day. He was the highest-graded quarterback last week in the league. High, he was 17-22 last week with a couple of touchdowns. And they, uh, Pro Football Focus said he did not make one throw that was turnover-worthy in that game. So now that brings us to something else. So obviously the Falcons could not get anything going – offensively especially, and Marcus Mariota, who was only 8 for 13 for 124 yards in the game. The problem was is that you spent most all of that game down by a couple of scores, and it got me thinking the fact that even when they were down by two and three touchdowns, that they still weren't willing to throw, and it made me think about a Billy Joel song as far as how Arthur Smith thought about his quarterback. Arthur Smith doesn't trust his quarterback, and and I understand why, but Vince, you're down two and three touchdowns. I know they got it to 11 at the half, but at some point in today's modern NFL, there's a difference between being run-heavy, run-first, but there's also a difference of being incompetent in the passing Well, game. I think you have to find a way. Look, if P.J. Wa- if they can find a way – for P.J. Walker, now you have to find a solution. You have to find a path that allows Mariota to be more successful in, in what he's trying to do. Because right now, 
He's what, 30, we're 31st in passing yards per game mm-hmm. in the league. And attempts. And you're, you're also second to last in the NFL in attempts. Yeah, and last in total yardage. Yes. I mean, dead last. That's it. So you have to find a way to incorporate this to allow some success. That's what bothers me about it. Because Mariota's, it is what it is, okay? But can we find a pathway to get some of these guys involved and make it work? so that we do find that trust. They are not going to start Desmond Ritter. So everybody, before you start texting and tweeting and all that kind of stuff. Who I like a lot. Yeah, and I do too. And 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 I think we'll be a very good quarterback. And, you know, I've always said if Ryan Day heads to the NFL, that's going to be the guy who's going to take over that job in seconds. Luke will take that job. Well, he'll be offered that job immediately, will he not? If Ryan Day goes to the NFL or leaves. Oh, yeah. That there won't be much of a doubt about no. he's the guy. Oh, sure. Like, he's got carte blanche up there. For what for what he did after Jim Tressel, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but for what he did after Jim Tressel left and just calming everything down and he coached Braxton Miller to the Offensive Player of the Year in the Big Ten, I mean, he can pretty much write his ticket up there. Yeah, and I, I think at the college level that you have to have some sort of uh, familiarity and connection to the university as yeah. well. That helps a lot. That helps to, as, as far as understanding – what that school is all about, really. Because you've seen guys that are really good coaches, but they go to programs that they just, it, it's not a fit. Right, exactly. Like it, 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 but if you're homegrown and you're one of those guys and you can move in, yeah, absolutely. That's so, a good choice. So Why, is Day going somewhere? Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. But, but I, you got me ner- you're nervous no, for a second but, there. But I, 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 again, he's been linked to several NFL jobs. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody in the NFL doesn't roll the dice on a guy like Ryan Day, especially an offensive-minded now, guy like that's that. That's interesting, though, because I wonder if Ryan Day is just that guy in college, because he is a, a quarterback whisperer, mm-hmm. okay, and has been for Fields and now for Stroud. Yeah. It, it, well, it was for uh, for Dwayne Haskins, too. Yeah, and all those oh, guys. yeah. sure. But does that does that translate, too, to the next level? Or is that a system thing where you plug this guy in? And you, because remember, in college, you always have mismatches – Offensively, and Ohio State does this year because they have such a, a great receiving core yes. that you cannot cover all of these wide receivers. Okay, what NFL and GM, what owner and NFL GM thinks that technique, right? Steve Spurrier got a shot to go to the NFL. He's the perfect example of that. Right. Because in your system, the fourth corner, the, third, the, the, the guy who's a nickel corner, cannot cover your guys in the college level. Right. But in the pros, you have guys that can right. lock up with people. But does that ever the stop Spurrier the Spurrier system did not work. Has that ever stopped a GM or an owner in the league from no, rolling dice on a guy? But I think Dave's very comfortable. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I think I, that's, I, that's a great like, I'm not, ever job. I'm, I'm not saying that, that he's going anywhere. But sometimes in life, they back the Brinks truck up and you can't say no. Like some, I mean, look, look at what these guys are getting. Look, look at Tepper in Carolina. Mm-hmm. I said this before about Baker, since we're Cleveland guys and Canton, Ohio guys and all that. Look, they begged Baker Mayfield to take the Browns' money. They were begging him to take their money. Just play well enough to take our money, and he couldn't. Tepper was trying to get in on the Watson sweepstakes. He was willing to roll the dice on Baker. Guys like that want to win now. Guys like that are going to throw money at people that, whether they're qualified, not qualified, supposed to, not supposed to, they'll have itchy trigger fingers. And, look, Matt Rule got a somewhat fair chance, but, hell, he wasn't there very long in no. Carolina to really turn anything around right. with a depleted roster. And his his best player, McCaffrey, was never healthy but for him. But do you have to be careful when you dip into the college ranks and bring one of these guys up? You know, because – Particularly, what type of team you have? What kind of is it? A, is it a veteran team? What, what what's the com, the composition of that team? Will they accept someone who comes up? I mean, you better have a serious pedigree. Well, I'll, I'll say it like this: I'll tell you who's the test case right now. It's Cliff Kingsbury, okay, who has had some success in the NFL. 
He came from a gimmick offensive system in college, right? I mean, he ran the ultimate gimmick offensive system in college. But he's got Kyler Murray. They they are, you know, they haven't been great, but they have been a playoff team. If the, if they found some success and they've played, they've paid Kyler Murray all the money in the world. If they found success and they find some success, the NFL is a copycat league. They'll go dip and go. Who's the next Cliff Kingsbury? Who's the next Sean McVay? Who's the next Sean Payton? Like the 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 league is that's the league is its copycat league. I just think that Ryan Day is one of those guys that it wouldn't surprise me at some point if an NFL team doesn't back the Brinks truck well, up. Look, I, I will, listen, I will, I'm gonna tell you they're gonna they're gonna fire Stefanski in Cleveland. Stefanski. Stefanski. Yeah, they're, they're gonna fire him. This is it's not good. No, it, it's and, it's so really what, not. If you're if you're goofball, if you're Ma and Paul Kettle up there, <laughs> and they're the worst, I I, I, I loathe the Haslam's. Um, but if you're Ma and Paul Kettle, you got Jimmy and D running the organization. You don't think they wouldn't make a run at Ryan Day? Offer him that job? It would it would be a, a pretty easy sell, yeah, uh, for the folks up there because of the familiarity. And I'll go back to my original point about working with quarterbacks. So he's a guy. That now, because quarterback, you you agree the NFL is all quarterback play. Absolutely, Th- throughout. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you if you don't have good quarterback play, you cannot win. It's a quarterback league. Mm-hmm. So if he can come up there and he can kind of do that, and work with a Watson, but there's so many ifs up there. I don't know if that's uh, the, the the NFL game. <laughs> I hate to say, in a lot of ways, is becoming more collegey. You see RPOs, you see more shotgun, you see. More pistol formation. And quarterbacks like, who have to run. They have yeah. to be able to I run. I mean, remember five, six years ago, everybody knocked about, oh, man, quarterbacks can't go under center and stuff like that. Nobody cares about that anymore. You you run all pistol and shotgun in the NFL. Like, how many guys really spend much time under center in today's NFL? Not many. Short I mean, yardage, Mariota goal doesn't. line. Short yardage, yeah. goal line. Maybe that's yeah. it. You put your three tight end package in at the goal line. That's but it. outside of that, it's all shotgun, RPO. Pistol. If this I mean, gets back to Columbus, that we're that you've started some sort of rumor. Up oh, there. I'll That's fight gonna... anybody. I don't care. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll tell you. I mean, I, there were so many good stories of seeing Robert Smith on campus driving his nice Mercedes sedan, and you know, oh yeah, my mom and dad got home. Okay, yeah, I'm sure they did. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we throw everybody under the bus here on this show. Let's, let's just it's, rip it's, people it's, for yeah, the next hour. Can absolutely. we do that? That's what we do. All right, here. Let's make a list and we'll it's rip them all. It's nighttime radio. We can do whatever we uh, want. Almost. The FCC doesn't care. Well, almost. maybe a little bit. Anyway. When we get back, Heather Dinich from ESPN is going to join us. We'll continue the college football conversation with her. John Chuckery, Vince Cellini, hanging out in the Kia Studios Tuesday night with you. Sports Radio 92 on the game, Odyssey.com app. Back to more John Chuckery. Now I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio, 92.9, the game. Back with you on John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Tuesday evening with you. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, how you catch us on the go. Social media at 929, the game. I got Vince Cellini hanging out with me. He is at Vince underscore Cellini. I am at JMCH316. And, of course, we've got our guy, Dylon, producing the show today at underscore Dylan Matthews. Well, it's Georgia-Florida week. We got the first college football poll that is coming up one week from tonight. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to Heather Dinich. She, of course, a college football writer for ESPN, ESPN.com. You can follow her on Twitter, at CFB Heather. And, you know, Heather, 
one of the things I found very interesting the last couple of weeks is looking at the voting in the AP and coaches poll. And I understand it's the SIDs and all that for the coaches poll. But as I kind of see Tennessee close that gap between two and three, it makes me wonder. You think if Tennessee beats Kentucky on Saturday, there is a legitimate chance that it's Georgia-Tennessee 1-2 in the first college football playoff poll. Well, I'll remind everybody of 2014 and the very first ranking of the very first college football playoff, and there were three SEC West teams in the top four. And to me, that's a lesson that continues to resonate, that there's no limit, not only to how many teams from one conference, but from one division. So to answer your question, yes, it's certainly possible. But I'm very curious to see what the selection committee does with Ohio State because Tennessee right now has the best win in the country. They're number one in ESPN strength of record metric, which I absolutely love because it's a great correlation between what actually winds up happening in the top four because 28 of the past 32 teams in ESPN strength of record have been in the top four and right now Tennessee's number one and this is all going to play itself out obviously because Tennessee and Georgia are going to play but the point is Ohio State schedule is terrible but they're passing the eye test and all of these selection committee members are issued an iPad from the college football playoff and they can flip through and basically watch coaches cut up any minute of any game any team that they want to see is literally at their fingertips and anyone who has watched Ohio State I mean, Hendon Hooker's right there in terms of quarterback play with C.J. Stroud. But talent is a thing. And Ohio State, talent-wise, could also make a case for number one. Hmm. Heather, um, as we look at the rest of the college football rankings, who do you think is number – if we think that Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, whatever order you want to put those those teams in, if that's the top three – who do you think has gotten themselves into that number four position right now in college football? That's so tricky because you know the selection committee loves strength of schedule and assuming Wake Forest, NC State, maybe Syracuse, our CFP top 25, Clemson has a great resume. You know, they're sitting there on the bubble in the Associated Press top 25 at number five and the coaches poll. Um, They continue to find ways to win, but it hasn't always been pretty. I mean, they had four turnovers, and, you know, I thought it was a great coaching move by Dabo Sweeney to bench his starting quarterback, DJ Uyunglele, and go to his backup. I mean, we've seen Nick Saban do that in the National Championship game. It worked out pretty well. you got to do what you have to do to win. But to me, that also raises the question, is DJ U good enough to win a national title? If he's not good enough to win Syracuse, beat Syracuse. So I think those kinds of questions will come into play. Michigan's strength of schedule, their non-conference schedule is dreadful. Yes. Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn. These are all things that the selection committee pulls up on giant flat screen TVs, and they look at that. How many Power 5 wins? How many wins against teams above 500? And Michigan has two Power 5 wins against teams over 500, Maryland and Penn State, but pay attention to where the opponents are ranked. Like, if you're paying attention to college football day in and day out, Penn State's not that good. If Ohio State doesn't win by two touchdowns at least, 
I'll be shocked. So where's Penn State ranked? Like, well, how how do you value that win from Michigan? And that all comes into play when you're considering Michigan for the fourth spot. Hi, Heather. Um, it's nice to talk to you. I'm filling in tonight. I'm Vince. So <laughs> um, <laughs> and when we talk about the outliers there in, in college football, those teams that are sort of like saying, you know, hey, don't forget about us. Is where is it? Where is a TCU in, in that in that big picture? And what do they have to do to try to go? Hey, we're here too. They have to win convincingly, and they have to hope that the selection committee likes the rest of the Big Twelve. And those committee members will never tell you what they think about a conference. We don't rank conferences; we rank teams. They say it repeatedly every year, but you can tell by where those other teams in that league are ranked, and. You know, again, I go back to the eye test, which makes everybody cringe, but it's real. And at some point in that room, there is usually a conversation where somebody says, well, if TCU played Ohio State, who would win? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know, well, yeah, I mean, they win. <laughs> of course, of course. You know, and you know, so, yeah, so that's that is part of it. Um, and how many teams did TCU beat? So. My thing with TCU is I don't think they're going to stay undefeated because they have to go on the road to beat Texas, on the road to beat Baylor. Um, but if they're still undefeated at the end of the day, I mean, certainly they're in consideration for it. But what happens in those other Power Five conferences and how many teams does the SEC have? Senior college football writer for ESPN.com, Heather Dinich, joins us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. One thing I'm interested about Clemson, because you brought it up, they're, they're – the stigma has always been it's Clemson and everybody else in the ACC. But this year, you know, Wake Forest, Syracuse, there are ranked teams, NC State, there are ranked teams on their side of the division. Is it still, though, that Clemson has to go undefeated, run the table, win the ACC to get in? Or could this be a year that you think that maybe a one-loss Clemson team could still find their way into the playoffs? It depends. Look, I mean, every little nitty-gritty thing is analyzed. The answer to that is it depends on the loss, what it would look like, and what happens everywhere else. I mean, if they go on the road and lose to a Notre Dame team that is really struggling this year, that's not good. You can't sugarcoat that. All of a sudden, South Carolina's ranked. Are they still ranked when they play Clemson? Is that a close game between rivals at the end of the season? They lose by a field goal or an overtime? The selection committee considers all of those things. Um, and, and if it were the latter to South Carolina and they go on and beat, say, North Carolina in the ACC championship game in convincing fashion, that's easier to justify than a bad loss to Notre Dame. So, and, and again, it's hard to answer that question without saying, is there a two-loss champion in the Pac-12? Or is USC or UCLA or, or Oregon a, a one-loss champ that's just looked outstanding and nobody wants to play? in December, that kind of thing. So I wouldn't rule out a one-loss Clemson, but I think given what we've seen from them, it's not, a, it's not a lock. So let me ask you about Oregon. Can Oregon, as a one-loss Pac-12 champion, can they overcome what happened in week one against Georgia? Can they overcome a 46-point loss to Georgia? I mean, is that, you know, where – where does that kind of balance itself out, do you think? How much does that loss at the beginning of the year hurt Oregon, the way that they lost? 
Yeah, it hurts them a ton. There's no way to sugarcoat that. That was bad. It was ugly. It stained in everyone's brains. And no one's going to forget it. And what it does is at least on paper illustrate the gap between Oregon and a top four team. Not just a top four team, but the defending national champs. And the question is, how much has Oregon improved since that day? Clearly they're better. They've won six straight games. Bo Nix is probably making Auburn fans lose their minds right now because they're like, where was this? I mean, he just he played fantastic. He's making it look so easy, getting the ball to his playmakers. He threw six incompletions against UCLA, right? Six incompletions, no turnovers. So they're better. Are they so good now that if they played Georgia again, it would be different? I don't know the answer to that. There's only one way to find out. Um, but that could either help or hurt them because at least they played somebody. I'll go back to Michigan's schedule. Heather, I know it's not the sexiest thing in the world talking about the AAC, but very interesting where Cincinnati and Tulane are because they will play each other at the very end of the year. You could very much have those two teams playing back-to-back weeks, one to end the regular season, one to win the conference champion. You think that's really at this point the only spot that, you know, a power, a group of five, I should say, for the, the big six bowl bid comes from? I mean, it's, is it pretty much down to just Cincinnati, Tulane, and however they kind of shake themselves out? I think so. I do. You know, there's no real Cinderella story or, or miracle happening in the group of five this year. I think that's kind of obvious. But, it, you know, in this system, people have to remember that it is the highest ranked group of five conference champion that is guaranteed a spot in a new year's six bowl. And that appears to be the direction that it's heading. And, um, you know, that that would be great for them, obviously, but Cincinnati's got a taste of (laughs) a little bit more. So in in some respects, of course, it's like a consolation prize. Well, this looks like a year where we're talking about an expanded playoff coming up to, to 12. And this would be, if there was ever a year where you could go on and try to sell it, it might be this, but are we going to have years in the future where this might be diluted enough? I mean, what are your thoughts on expanding that and, and getting some of these teams in that, that could be two loss teams possibly that are going to be mm-hmm. playoff teams moving forward? Well, I think in a lot of ways it's going to be very fun because come late November, we're going to be talking about a lot more teams involved <laughs> in this with, with at least a shot. Right. And, but at the end of the day, Dabo Sweeney said this a couple of years ago, and everybody kind of like, like, wow. He said, you know, there are really only a couple of teams that can win the national title. And he's right. And, you know, it is cyclical, certainly. There's going to be a time when, you know, Oklahoma's back in the conversation, obviously, and I don't know what the heck Miami's doing, but you've got these blue blood programs that just take turns at the top. And what does happen to Alabama when Nick Saban decides call it a day. I don't know. But there are certain programs that are always going to be in this conversation. Um, but to widen it, I don't know if it necessarily dilutes it. I think it I think it adds some intrigue because think about the beginning of the season when we were talking about so many teams like App State and just how fun it was, those upsets and you know, nobody nobody cares who wins or loses, but as these upsets are unfolding, everyone's watching. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this is actually happening. And 
that every, people just love college football, and I think that will bring that excitement back to it. And because you couldn't be a two-loss team, I think athletic directors will schedule more of the big boys knowing that they've got some forgiveness, and I think that'll benefit fans on the front end of the schedule as well. Yeah, great point. Check out all of her work at ESPN.com, senior college football writer for ESPN. Heather Dinich joined us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Follow her on Twitter as well, at CFB Heather. Heather, thanks so much for a few minutes in Atlanta. Appreciate the time. Definitely look forward to talking to you here as we get into actual college football playoff polls. Now we get a little bit more fun to talk about. Yeah, sounds good. Enjoy the games this weekend, guys. You got it. Thanks, Thanks, Heather. Yeah, good stuff there. And we'll talk to Chip Towers at uh, 820. We'll get into, obviously, plenty of Georgia and Tennessee talk at that point. Coming up here at the top of the hour, it is time for the Falcons flyover. There was a Falcon release today. We'll hear from the head coach, plus some pro football focus grades from Sunday. It's all next. John Chuck, Vince Cellini hanging out with me here this evening on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.